Before we get into today's episode of One Shining Podcast, want to shout out FanDuel TV this weekend. The Ringer Wise guys are going live again for the divisional round of football. And to get yourself prepared for all things NFL, you can listen to Through the Ringer or watch Through the Ringer on FanDuel TV. Myself and Nora are going to break down all things happening in the NFL. Also, Waz will be on the show talking about the NBA. So again, the show is Through the Ringer. The Ringer Wise guys this weekend for all things NFL playoffs. So go check that out now. Again, it is FanDuel TV. Now, let's get into One Shining Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. On today's episode of One Shining Podcast, we have friend of the program, Terrence Oglesby, back on the show, and we're going to talk about risers, fallers, and ballers in college basketball. Some of the risers includes New Mexico, Shaheen Holloway, NC State, and uh, the fallers, Gonzaga, Baylor, Rodney Terry, and the Horns Down sign in general. Uh, we're also talking about Bobby Hurley's press conference, the Hurley brothers in general, um, and Dalton Connect. If you're not watching Dalton Connect, now is the time to do that. So we got a lot to talk about with Terrence Oglesby. Uh, Kyle, anything else before we get into today's episode? It's cold outside. Basketball's heating up. I just got my booster after St. John's Seton Hall. But first, Woody Durham. It's Welcome back to One Shining Podcast. It is Thursday, January 18th, and I am recording with Terrence Oglesby, and he is all over the map. You see him covering the Hornets. You see him calling college basketball games. But Terrence, first and foremost, how are you doing right now with our Clemson Tigers? Because uh, you and I were early believers uh, this season on this team. I'm sore. I'm sore right now. I know you're uh, new here with this team, so I, I know you're learning about, about so, <laughs> what's happening un here. Unreal. That, that's so typical of Clemson fans who just show up in January after football season. Yeah. Like, come on, man. What are we and doing? They're coming at an alum trying to explain Clemson basketball to you, someone that actually played Clemson basketball. That's kind of like the the internet discourse that we live in now, which is uh, it is a very hairy and funny place at times. But I thought that was great. I mean, that was some nice levity in some of the panic that is going on internally right now. It's like, hey, man, what are we doing? But it's so typical. We talked a little bit about it. Like Clemson fans who just show up in January. Dude, that's brutal. <laughs> and I realized I played a while ago. But I was also on staff not all that long ago. Right. I did radio for your school program <laughs> not all that long ago. I've done get like I must be new here. You can go mm. dig a hole. Yeah. That's for lack of better terms. Go dig a hole. 
Dig a hole is, uh, right is a very uh, is it's a nice way to you know tell people what's going on. We we've had a lot of hand gestures happening in college basketball. We had DJ Horn giving the double birds to an ACC official. He apologized right after. Um, no suspension for him. We got the horns down. Rodney Terry uh, giving a, a classless response to the UCF players that quickly uh, uh, you know turned their horns uh, back right side uh, after the game. Um, <laughs> and and then we got Kenny Payne, who I guess this isn't a, a hand gesture, but just a gesture to his fans that this is actually year one for him. So we got a lot to talk about on the show. We got risers, we got fallers, we got ballers. We're going to do all that and put them in categories. But I want to start with New Mexico. I called them the New Mexico Nepos. Uh, they are obviously the Lobos, but you got, you know, Rich, Richie Patino out there, Richard Patino, son of Rick Patino. You got Jalen House, son of Eddie House. You got Jamal Mashburn Jr., uh, the Monster Mash Jr. out there scoring for the mid-range. This is a fun basketball team. You saw the experience. You called the experience in the pit. What are your What are your thoughts on New Mexico? I think they should be a tournament team at this point, but if you look at the Bubble Boys, they have them right on the outside looking in. Uh, it depends on which Bubble Boys you look at, because that's it, true. Like the, cor- the course, <laughs> a lot of Bubble the, Boys. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of different Bubble people. There's Bubble people. Uh, yeah, Bubble no, people. Look, you're right. Hey, if they if they're matched up with a certain team who can struggle taking care of the ball, good luck because Jalen House, you know, I, Eddie House was a big time scorer. He was a gambler on defense. Uh, Jalen House, if he gambles and misses it, he's back in the play so fast. You, your head will spin. Right. And not only that, like they are small around the perimeter. That would be my only thing that would scare me a little bit. I mean, they're like 5'11", 6'1", 6'2", at the one, two, three. And that third person being Donovan Dent, who I'm a massive fan of. He's putting up insane numbers. and was He's probably, awesome. he doesn't have the name recognition, but he's probably the best guard, right, on this team. If you ask people, they talk about Donovan Dent. Yeah, right now, right now he is playing as well. And that's because Mashburn Jr. missed seven games earlier this season with a deep, mm-hmm. uh, was it deep thigh bruise and he had to have yeah. hand surgery. So he's trying to get back in. And then House missed five games. I, I can't remember for what, but they're finally starting to play really well together. I think the difference between this year's team and last year's team, if you're able to get past those guards who are pressuring like crazy, you got to run into JT Toppin, mm-hmm. who is a carbon copy of Gerald Wallace. Gerald Crash Wallace. And I was looking mm. at numbers just for the heck of it. Cause I, after watching him play, like everything around the rim, extremely high motor, like I think Gerald Wallace averaged like nine and six at Alabama, he ended up being the 25th pick and ends up being a longtime NBA player just off of hustle and toughness. JT Toppin's averaging like 12 and nine as a freshman. And I realize it's in the Mountain West, but the Mountain West is freaking good. People don't know that. Now they're not as big, it's not as an athletic of a league as the SEC, but doesn't matter. That dude is, uh, once you get past that defense, like him, plus Nelly Jr. Joseph, plus they have Mustafa Amsil, who transferred mm-hmm. from Dayton. A lot of people thought he was going to be the starting four man who could stretch it out. And he just fell behind JT because he's so good. And here's the thing. Have you ever been to the pit? No, I haven't been. I But, dude, I, but it looks incredible. Yeah. Make the trip. Unbelievable. And it was my first time there. There's no bathrooms. You got to, if you go down to the floor, you got to walk a mile <laughs> to get back up. Uh, it, it truly. They want to keep people in their seats. Uh, yeah, it makes sense. I, I saw Shaq was there. Uh, they had Michael Cooper there. You know, obviously a former New Mexico player. Shout out to Pasadena Community College. I took uh, a, I I took a selfie with Holly Holmes, who was sitting three rows behind the wow. broadcast booth. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's got like a little bit of a juice as a program in general. You know what I mean? In New Mexico, um, you know, this is a like a very Bill Simmons thing to say, but you know, since Breaking Bad, I feel like people like New Mexico want to figure out what's going on out there, and yeah. uh, and then you got Patino and. Uh, 
they jokingly kind of put out these tweets from the Lobos account, like the Patino effect, you know, kind of, you know, ribbing a little bit what's happening with St. John's and how they promote that. But there is a Patino effect with this team and like people want to, you know, see what's happening with this team. And they're kind of, I mean, they're on sports center. They're, they're getting, you know, CBS Fun. games. I mean, they, they just kind of like, there's a lot of momentum with this program. And, uh, you know, as much as there was no momentum with Minnesota at the end with Patino, it is like the opposite. It's kind of like what's happening with Steve Alford at Nevada, right? Yeah. It's like you go somewhere else. It's just a better setup. People are excited and the basketball reflects the excitement of, of the fan base there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and his style of coaching and his style of play. People like, hey, look, I, I understand he's Rick's son. Richard's a damn good coach. He is. And and he has put those guys, he puts them in positions to be successful according to who they are. And that, like, here's the thing. You're at a place like New Mexico, you have the obvious draw with a pit, but you, you know what? You're going to get certain guys. You have to get the best players available. They've done that. Uh, and he's geared what they do around his players. A lot of guys, a lot of coaches are like, well, I'm going to bring him in. I'm going to make him fit to me. Richard's not like that. He's like, hey, mm-hmm. man, I got Jalen House. He's an absolute warrior. He's an animal on the defensive end. He's going to get on the wrong side of crazy sometimes, but <laughs> I'm going to put guys behind him that will be able to clean up some of his mess. Not all of his mess, but enough of his mess to where like it makes it worth it for me to let him just kind of go crazy out there. It It's a fun, fun, fun team. I, I, I can't describe that any different. Danny Sprinkle and his group, he's got a bunch of older guards. They ate them up. Mm-hmm. And there, there's going to be a little bit of a, you know, come back to earth situation with Utah State. I still think they're very good. Uh, you know, what were they, 16 and one before that game? They hadn't really played anybody. They got to figure those things out. Um, but th- they do have some really nice players. But that game got sped up to a point of where Utah State just couldn't keep up. Yeah, and it was nice for New Mexico to have San Diego State come as a ranked team, have Utah State come as a ranked team, and kind of just get the publicity of beating ranked teams at home. And now, you know, everyone's like, wow, New Mexico, like me. You know, you got to get them in the tournament. Uh, we talked they about a riser. Be, hey, they, are a, yeah. they are so much fun in the tournament. Yeah, they could go right. nuts and, and win a couple of games in the tournament. Like, put it, them as a 12 seed. I mean, my God, they, they could make a run. I would hate that if I was a five <laughs> right. and, and just like kind of gotten at large and you're feeling kind of good about yourself. And then you have mm-hmm. to go up against just a manic defensive scheme. Like it's, it's insane. Re- really, yeah. really cool. Really, really cool place to play a game. I will say this. I was in a, you know, you're, you're in a Albuquerque. They're saying they give you restaurant recommendations. Everything's got red sauce or green sauce. Dude, I went red sauce. By the time game time started, my lower intestine was a war zone. There was nothing I could do. I was in so much pain, but it was so good. I couldn't quit eating it. I had red sauce on everything. Where's the Pepto? Hey, man, old Southern boy used to something a little heavier. Dude, not necessarily the spiciest. Crushed me. Had so much fun, though. Cool. And if you want to go to the bathroom, you have to walk a mile. So uh, these are the only things that you have to remember going into New Mexico. I'll keep that in mind. Uh, Hey, hey, bucket list place for college guys. Got it. Yeah. Bucket list. Let's do it. Um, maniacs. Uh, you mentioned Jalen House, who I think kind of checks the box of, of a maniac. Um, there are two maniacs right now in college basketball that I feel like we have needed for quite some time. And they are second generation stars, just like Patino, who we just talked about. And that's the Hurley brothers. Um, we had the Miller brothers and we thought that that could be something when Archie was at Indiana. We had Sean Miller at Arizona, um, you know, two top tier programs. But I think we finally have what we need 
uh, with Dan Hurley, who um, is number one maniac in college basketball. And I say that with with pure love and adoration for how the way this man behaves on the sideline. Um, there's a bunch of memes going around right now of him drinking like what looks like urine out of a mason jar while he's calling a game. I mean, th- this guy is insane. And I wouldn't be shocked if it is, you know what I mean? And uh, he said Donovan Klingon, he calls him Kling Kong, was coming back for this Creighton game. I mean, just the the drama uh, of Dan Hurley right now. He also said that being number one in the country is like wearing a belt like in wrestling and that he would die before he lets go of that belt. I mean, this guy is a maniac. And then you flip to his brother and you think you just get one brother. That's crazy. But then you got Bobby Hurley, who in his post game after UCLA says, don't ask him how he actually feels because he he will not tell you how he actually feels uh, about what happened in this game. Goes on an e- epic rant, uh, basically says that they're the bad guys. He accepts being the Tony Montana of college basketball. Um, can we just talk about how incredible it is, the drama and, and the actual basketball aptitude of the Hurley brothers? And uh, I have to consider them risers as well because I, I slowly and surely am falling in love with the Hurley family. First of all, how could you not? And let me it's say, insanity. It, it's insane. There, there's so much fun. Uh, what, what the Great Wall of Bristol, Cling uh, Kong, and then you have to pull uh, the number one ranking off their lifeless, lifeless bodies. bodies. Yes. Like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. these, these are just supposed to be like harmless questions from like the student media. <laughs> I love it. They're getting a crash course and crazy. I love it, man. Like. Dan Hurley, the, the and the fodder between him and Patino, chef's kiss. I mean, mm-hmm. how good is that? And, I, and everybody knows what Rick Patino's doing. Like he's generating some buzz for St. John's, and Hurley's just falling right into it. Doesn't care at all. He's just <laughs> there for it all. Uh, Bobby, I wonder. You know, it's it's almost like a love hate relationship with Arizona State. Like I love you, you love me. This isn't working, but we're just pushing through. Right. Like, we don't want to give up on this, but it doesn't seem right. It's a bad mix. It's mm-hmm. a bad mix. I, I feel like in, he, in Bobby, like, is a really good coach. I, I don't feel like the fan base in Arizona State and Bobby and what he's good at really meshes that well, but he's still good enough to get it done. And Arizona State's kind of a weird spot. Like, I it, think it's it, a weird, there's so it, much fun. It, like, both brothers are awesome. The brothers are great, but I think the the fix to make it even better is we have to get Bobby back to the East Coast. And I, yes. I don't know where he fits on the East Coast. You know, I I remember people in the Syracuse job before, obviously, Red was kind of, you know, everyone knew that, that Red was going to take over that job. But um, there's some job on the East Coast that I feel like if you put Bobby there and you have Dan at UConn, um, they're going to kill each other uh, or at least, you know, they're going to fight and wrestle or whatever it is. You know what I mean? But, but because there is that still competition between the brother brothers. I love a sibling rivalry. I'm the younger brother. So like, I, I know how this goes. And then you got your, you know, their dad who is a legendary coach. Uh, and I'm sure he's in both guys ears, you know, about different things, but yeah, Bobby's just got to find a better home. And when he does, yeah. I think that will be great. And maybe Arizona state in the big 12 is a better setting than it is in the pac 12. Um, Could be. And, and there's more opportunities. I mean, we've seen Arizona state go beat Kansas before, right. When they were the last undefeated uh, a couple years ago and then their best player, the Remy, Remy Martin, Remy, Remy Martin, Martin goes, goes to Kansas and helps win a national <laughs> championship. So, yeah. uh, there's something there going on. So, uh, I want to shout out the Hurley brothers, but I also want to shout out Shaheen Holloway. Um, I talked about this a little bit on the last show. Um, we've talked about Patino. We talked about Hurley. We talked about Dusty May. It feels like everybody wants to talk about these other coaches that have done this great stuff in March. 
um, Shaka Smart, right? We, we have all these yeah. names that we talk about. For whatever reason, Shaheen Holloway, a guy who has a 15 seed, takes St. Peter's all the way to the Elite Eight. I feel like he does not get the same courtesy in those conversations. And right now in the Big East, he is beating up everybody. Just want to spotlight him. And what have you seen from Seton Hall and Shaheen in general? Well, you got Kaderi Richmond to be the guy that everybody thought he could be. Right. Like over the last, what, they've won eight out of their last nine. And now, and now here's the he thing. He could be player of the year in the conference. I mean, he, he could be. be in the conversation. Very well could right? be. Shaheen, and here's the crazier part. I was just talking about this with uh, John Fanta and Doster. Like Shaheen could win Big East Coach of the Year and Dan Hurley could win National Coach of the Year. Mm-hmm. Like that's how crazy that is right now. Like very it, old it, ACC of them, yeah, yeah, very old ACC of them. Good point. Mm-hmm. Uh, very well, very well taken. The the uh, let's see, I lost my train of thought. So he, they've won eight out of their last night. They're not overly deep. Uh, Jaden Bidiaco has been a pleasant surprise, and you know, getting Richmond to be who he can be. Alamir Dawes is always going to play hard. He's a good player. He's just a little undersized, but he's always going to give you everything that he's got. He empties the tank every game. I think the underrated addition for Seton Hall has been uh, a day Wusu. Mm-hmm. Cuz he's strong, he spaces the floor out, he's switchable because he's so physically like he's built like a linebacker. So I and he can shoot the ball. So I think uh them plus Isaiah Coleman being if not the best freshman in that league from a statistical standpoint right up there at it. Uh they they got one there but they're not deep. Barring the injury bug, I'm buying Seton Hall if they get hurt it's going to be tough. They're going to be a tough ma- tough matchup in March for anybody. Like anyone sit- that sees the Seton Hall team in their bracket yep. is going to say, this is going to be a major headache for us. And uh, the toughness of their team really stands out. So I uh, w- wanted to give Shaheen a shout out just because uh, I've been impressed with Seton Hall. And I feel like when we talk about the Big East, we talk about Marquette, we talk about Creighton, we talk about St. John's. Um, and speaking of St. John's, I want to talk about them quickly because um, they, in that game against Seton Hall, don't have Rick Pitino. He has COVID. So riser is COVID. Rick Pitino also is going to be a riser because without him, we have a little Pitino effect, a different version where he's not on the sidelines and this team lets Shaheen's team go on a, what, 27-0 run, something ridiculous. Game was tied and then all of a sudden it was wide open. How much does St. John's miss Rick Pitino? And was this actually a good sign for Rick Pitino that without him, his team basically just flounders? Uh, obviously, Jordan Dingle didn't play as well. Yeah, it's it's not it's certainly not a good thing. But hey, man, he's got a magic touch. I mean, how yeah, long right. has he done yeah. this? I I think it just makes him like like you know, he's like the most valuable player. Like if Giannis misses a game and the Bucks look you know terrible, you're like, this is why his case is made, right? So I mean, Rick Pitino not on the sidelines. St. John's looks like the old St. John's. Yeah, and <laughs> the old St. John's. They're gonna love that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the here's my thing with how good Coach Rick Pitino is is look at the guys he had at Louisville when they were winning national championships, like Russ Smith, mm-hmm. Peyton Siva. But very, v- let me be clear, very, very good college players. But it wasn't like they were the most talented team on the floor every game they played. They fit a certain style of play. And I think if there's one person in college basketball that can find one thing and just attack it, attack it, attack it, to its point of exhaustion, I think Rick Pitino finds that. And w- whenever he's not there on the sideline, that's really tough. I'm, uh, hopefully it, he's feeling better, but it, he truly is really good. That St. John's doesn't rebound. Mm-hmm. Like you got to you got to finish possessions, especially in the Big East where it's just a bunch of old physical dudes. Like you have to finish possessions just so you can play some offense because they send a bunch in that league. Yeah, I like the freshmen for the St. John's. I feel like they're figuring it out. Wilcher's getting better. I like Brady Dunlap a lot. Um, so shout out to both those guys. Uh, let's do some fallers quickly. Gonzaga, will they make the tournament? Uh, just a simple question. I, I I feel like at this point, the consensus is no, 
but I haven't heard them be, you know, the main point of discussion with the bubble watcher. I wanted to start there. How do we feel about Gonzaga? You know what? I, I you send me a text and we like, hey, we're going to talk about this, and and I start thinking back about the roster. Th- this year's like, where are their pros at? Mm-hmm. Like you even look back last year, it was Drew Timmy. The year before that, it was Chet Holmgren. The year before that, it was who Jalen Suggs and Kispert and Tim, like there. Who are the pros on this roster? I would venture to say there aren't any. I don't know that they. It's going to take a Herculean effort to get back to where they were, and I think a lot of it is because Tommy Lloyd's no longer on the sideline with them. He was there for a long time. He was an ace recruiter, and he could really evaluate talent abroad. Uh, I think the COVID season, to where a lot of those freshmen that came in that are going to be seniors, you know, juniors and seniors now, I think there were some misevaluations there. For, for them, the talent just isn't what it usually was. And as a result, they're just not as good. Yeah, and a riser, Arizona. Uh, I want to talk about them because Tommy Lloyd, uh, this guy just keeps winning games. He broke Bill Guthridge's regular season record for wins in his first two seasons. I mean, he's been incredible. And this Arizona team, now they're almost on the outside of the national championship conversation, it feels like. But they're still a really good basketball team. They handled Bronny James and USC, who went into Tucson the other night, and Mikel, uh, a center. And they look really good. Kevin Durant's there. Caleb Love hit some big shots. They do need all five guys to kind of be locked in and scoring. They have five guys averaging double digits, one of three teams in the country that does that. So they do. They are unique in that sense. Um, do we think this is the year that Tommy Lloyd can take that regular season success into the tournament and 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 kind of um, get rid of the naysayers a little bit and uh, and go actually get to a Final Four? The naysayers. Got to get rid of the naysayers. They, get rid uh, of them. Let's see. USC. Not a great team this year. Let's just call that what it is. A loss at Washington State. <laughs> I think State. it's Not I think pl- it's over. I, I I mean I really do. Yeah. I I think the season is is lost unless they can make a run in the tournament, which is crazy. Yeah, that which is insane considering the amount of talent they brought in with some of the mm-hmm. guys they're bringing back. Yeah, that's nuts. Uh, here's the thing. I, I I like the adjustment that Tommy made. Went from playing two huge dudes at the four or five to adding Keyshawn Johnson, and now that you small have, ball four is kind of a secret. Yeah, it's it's a, it, yeah, it's something that that's not talked about enough, in my opinion. And you know, it's not like Johnson's been lighting the world on fire from a, you know, three point shooting perspective, but he just knows how to play and how to be effective, and he's just a really, really tough, good college player. And those guys, I think they're deep enough. I think they have enough pieces. And if Caleb Love goes on a Caleb Love, you know, streak like we've seen him do, uh, like he did in North Carolina, what two years ago. Mm-hmm. Arizona's fully intact to be able to do that. And they have enough. If he doesn't have a great game, they have enough around him to, you know, squeak a couple tough ones out. Yeah, it's nice that they have two guys that have gone and made runs in the tournament and Johnson and Caleb Love. And it feels like they have something to fall back on when it comes sure. down to it in the tournament. Grab your game day gear because college basketball is buzzing and FanDuel wants you to join in on all the fun. Right now, new customers get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place your first $5 bet. Again, if you go to the conference futures, you can find some great value. Maybe you believe in a team like Auburn in the SEC. Maybe you believe in Duke in the ACC. There's some favorable odds right now. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to join than now. The app is so easy to use and there are so many different ways to bet. You got live same game 
parlays, easily find bets in the Explore tab, dive into the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash OSP and make this college hoop season one you won't forget. Must be 21 or older and president in select states. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Um, another, uh, faller that I want to talk about, Rodney Terry, the horns down, uh, the UCF situation, uh, Rodney Terry kind of, you know, he had the success last year. They were two seed. Everyone's excited about Texas. They're excited about the recruiting. He gets the job and now cut to a year later, a little less than a year later. Now you got people saying what's next for Texas. Like, should they be moving on? We got him throwing out, you know, UCF is classless. Uh, I know, you know, coach Dawkins, I, I do not think he's classless. I think he might be, you know, one of the people that would be considered the epitome of class at times. So um, what are our thoughts on Texas right now? I mean, the team is a bit of a disaster, but the Rodney Terry situation seems even worse it's weird right there's been some weird interviews this year hey it's classless why 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 is he even talking to the other team it's not like they're fighting or throwing stuff in the fans or anything like that hey this happens the mm-hmm. horns down happens it happens yeah. everywhere it happens in every living room that's watching a texas game it happens everywhere Nega has a guy on his team that did the U down last year for florida state and now he plays for him you know what i mean to talk about like what where the level is right we, yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. It, that was that was Rodney Terry upset that they lost to UCF is what that was. Yeah. That's yeah. all that was. Hey, man, it, hightail it back to the locker room. Get your team better. Don't worry and, about that. And, then and leave, UCF leave the other beat team Kansas. Alone. Yeah, right. So, I mean, if anything, like kudos to Johnny Dawkins. Kudos to, to UCF for getting the win. Uh, let's talk about a baller, Dalton Connect. Um, this guy has been absolutely on a tear. And he's been great from the jump this season. Like, if you watched him play early, you're like, oh, my God. Tennessee has kind of figured out that one player that can go get him a, get him a bucket in a game when they need it. And uh, he's been incredible. I got a stat for you. He's the first Rick Barnes coach player with 35 points three times in a season since Kevin Durant. Connects 103 points over his last three outings, matched the highest mark of Durant's college career. So putting it into context, this guy's playing Kevin Durant-level scoring uh, you know, basketball at this point. What are your thoughts on Connect in Tennessee? It's funny you bring that up because I was going to say they're running the Kevin Durant offense. Like (laughs) you can run your little stagger sets or whatever all game long. And then last eight minutes of the game, it's the connect show. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, close it. Go go finish the game for us. Yeah, go finish it. And and here's the thing with Tennessee. Their defense is going to hold them in games. Mm -hmm. Like you got to have somebody go win it. And and here's people say, well, offense sells tickets. Defense wins championship. (laughs) Defense keeps you in games. You got to go score more than the other team, right? Which has been Tennessee's issue the last couple of days. Offense wins championships. You got to score. And here's the thing: they finally have a guy who can score. Vescovy is not a guy who you can rely on to get a good shot. You saw it in the tournament last year. You saw it all last year, really. And then uh, Zakai Ziegler is too small to really get anything going. He, Connect now gives them a viable option when all else fails in the last six seconds, to eight seconds of the shot clock. They can get it to him. And everybody else can get out of the way. And at the very least, you're going to get something at the rim. You couldn't even guarantee they were getting something at the rim last year. Mm-hmm. Now, I think this is Rick Barnes' best chance to get to the Final Four. Yeah, I uh, I agree with that. And I felt like last year, them beating Duke, 
um, just because of the the name on the front of the jersey was a big mental hurdle for Rick Barnes. And uh, I don't mm-hmm. think enough people are talking about that. I do think this team, despite, you know, letting Carolina score 100 points on them early in the year, I think that they have another gear that they can get to. So uh, shout out to Dalton Connect. Shout out to Tennessee. I wanted to, to read to you who I think the one seeds are today and get your thoughts. One seeds today, Purdue, UConn, Kansas, UNC. Do we feel like that those are the one seeds based on resume? Or, or will they even give the ACC a one seed? I'm curious to see if they give the ACC a, a, a one seat just for the sheer haterdom that's going on with the my ACC God. over the last five or six years. Hey, Hubert Davis, ACC Coach of the Year, my vote right now, no question. I, I love I, there, it. Six and zero. No the there's no second place, and I've yeah. been critical of Carolina over the past couple of years. I thought he did a miserable job handling Caleb Love and R.J. Davis and their little relationship. He's done a phenomenal job with this unit, and I and they did a. Another, like I, I say phenomenal a lot. I'm, I'm prone to hyperbole. I get all that. But like the the job with the roster, uh, Jalen Withers understands he's a North Carolina guy. First double-double of the season for him. <clears throat> he understands he's coming back home. He can be a part of it. He's happy to be part of a winner, so he's willing to come off the bench. Cormac Ryan's a great leader and talker. Elliot Cadeau's getting rid of the ball and facilitating their offense. Like Great job of roster management. Great job of handling expectations. And quite frankly, man, like North Carolina very much could win a national championship. They're that good. And they're not even featuring Baycott, which might have been the problem all along because now they're just letting him go back to be an offensive rebounder and screener and uh, all-American level tough guy. Yeah, so it's like get they, your rebounds on the offensive glass and get your points on the offensive glass. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Yeah, that's what I used to tell people when they got mad at me for not shooting for, for shooting too much. I'd be like, hey, dude, there's opportunities up there. I don't <laughs> yeah, make right. <laughs> right. Like, like, yeah, you watch it. my shot enough, you're gonna figure out where it's gonna go if it doesn't go in. So that's uh, right. You know, you That's start right. anticipating you're mad enough, it. Go find it. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, well, I gotta. You mentioned the haterdom because there is a lot of ACC haterdom out there. So I got a Rostein ACC stat. He doesn't do this for the ACC. He does it for the Big East. He does it for the Big Twelve, but uh, Big Ten. The ACC currently has ten of its fifteen teams in the top seventy six of the net. Um, and uh, if you look at it like that, that sounds pretty good to me. So I, you know, that's that's a way to frame it. So I did want to read out to you who I think the ACC tournament tournament teams are that are in contention at least. So Carolina, obviously, Duke. Miami, Clemson, Wake Forest, Virginia Tech, who I, I don't understand how they, I know the the resume probably doesn't work out, but I think they're a really good basketball team. Virginia, if they could play at home the entire season, my God, they might be, they might go undefeated like the 76 well, they, they stink on the road, They though. stink on the road. Worst team you've ever seen on the road. Yeah. NC State, uh, and then you got Syracuse and Pitt, Florida State and Georgia Tech. Obviously, Florida State Georgia Tech are going to be a separate conversation. They probably have to win the tournament, but all those teams, those are 10 teams right now that I feel like are legit teams. But for whatever reason, when people talk about the ACC, they judge it by the worst loss instead of the best win. And some conferences get judged by the best wins instead of the worst losses. Because, um, yeah. you know, that's just the world that we live in. What are your thoughts on the ACC? How many teams end up getting in? Are we saying like five at this point? That's what the bubble boys are trying to say. I, I think I'm on the the five, the five to six train. Uh, the team that everybody kind of took for granted early January was Clemson. My, my guys are struggling. Mm-hmm. One and what was it? One and four in their last five. Like they're going to have to figure some things out, and they're going to have to figure it out in a hurry. Because if the, the point is, it, I tried to explain this the other day, and apparently I'm new to Clemson basketball. But like <laughs> the the thing is, if there's a time in college basketball where you're going to stink, you want to stink in the middle to end of January. And then you want to start playing well February on. Yeah. Like, because it's a long season. You're going to lose games. 
but you want to be able to regroup your guys and start playing well towards the back half of conference play because that's when you start generating momentum. You just can't be so bad that you fall out of contention. Uh, mm. I, you know, Florida State's, they're starting to find their rhythm a little bit. A lot of these different teams starting to find their rhythm. I, I would say five, maybe six. But I'm going to be honest, after going and seeing some of these teams in person in the Mountain West, I mean, it's they, people have five of them put, being put in. It's hard for me to argue. Hard mm-hmm. for me to argue right now. So the, the the problem that you run into, and you know this, and I know this too, it, it sucks. But like, whenever Georgia Tech gets a win after having a piss poor non conference over a team that's very much, I'm not going to say Clemson's on the bubble, but they're starting to creep that way. Like, that's a killer to your metrics because you have to be good in the non conference or else it just drags the rest of the league down. I.e., Louisville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about beat somebody. Louisville, they're they're, going to win something. They're going to get to eight wins. There's going to be two wins against guys. It's just going to kill them. It's probably going to be the bubble team. Mm. Probably going to be the bubble team. Yeah, let's talk. That's the last thing I wanted to talk to you about. I want to talk about Kenny Payne and Louisville because that is an ACC problem. Um, If you look at since 1992, uh, and shout out to to my homie who was a bookie that sent this to me, the cards uh, will be were 15 point underdog for the 19th time. Um, last night against the North Carolina Tar Heels, 16 of the 19 games where they've been a 15-plus underdog have been under Kenny Payne. And he averages a 9.7-point loss in his outings as Louisville head coach. But then after the Carolina game, he does cover the spread. The line was 20. He loses by 16. So he did cover the line. Hang the so banner. Hang, hang the, the banner. banner. Congratulations. You got it done. Afterwards, he's asked about his team uh, and about his position at Louisville. And he said, uh, based on what he inherited with this program, this is technically year one for him. Uh, it, it is not year two. It is year one. And this is the joke that, Can't you know, we've been we, well, we've been making this joke for years. You know what I mean? About coaches like year one isn't actually year one. Year two is year one because you got to get your players in. But in the transfer portal era, that doesn't that, that argument is uh, of a bygone era. But Kenny Payne says, let me pull this out of my back pocket and drop it in Chapel Hill. And then the last thing he does, Terrence, is he goes, if I was lucky enough to be Hubert Davis and inherit a program like this, I would be in a much better spot. So I ask you, how many games would North Carolina win if Kenny Payne was the head coach of North Carolina and he inherited Caleb Love and R.J. Davis? Do we think that they still make the run to the national championship game against Coach K? Because uh, no. I thought that was an insane one-to-one and almost disrespectful to the guy who you said Hubert Davis was coach of the year in the ACC so far. It's, 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 you know what? I, I had this conversation with somebody the other day. It's like, some guys are great assistants. Some guys are great head coaches. And sometimes you can't be the other one. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I think Kenny Payne falls into that. I, I feel like Rodney Terry's starting to creep that direction. Like, hey, great assistant. Whenever it's all on his plate, it's not a good spot. And it's kind I, of a it's kind of a CEO side of the head coach position, like the 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 being the face of it all that you have to keep it buttoned up at all times, even when you don't want to. Um, and the only so time weird, can, yeah, when you let it out, you can't let it out in 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 frustrated moments. You can't you know have exasperation, and you also can't like try to uh, you know argue within the media that you're doing a good job because that that is the that is the telltale sign that you might the not media be doing a isn't good job. That stupid, right? Like, do, <laughs> do, like we're not that stupid. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing, too. It's like one of these eye roll things. I can't believe that. Who's the AD at Louisville again? At what point do you start questioning his job status for mm. not doing anything? Like, because this is embarrassing. This is a this is a program with three national championships. They won four games last year. 
This mm-hmm. year, they're on pace for what? What, do, what would you what would you call eight? Nine? Yeah, I mean, yeah, let, let's hope for their sake they can get to 10 wins. I mean, that's what I said at the start of the year. I was like, if you're Kenny Payne, you're trying to get to double-digit wins. That's the best-case well, that, scenario. I thought for sure for him to keep his job, he needed 12 wins. For sure. And I, they're not going to get 12 wins. And then it's a much improved roster. Like, here's the thing. He was like, well, we didn't inherit a whole lot. All right, so fine. That's all fine, well and good. Sky Clark's former McDonald's All-American, isn't he? Trey White, highly recruited dude, one of the most talented players in the portal. He comes in. Mike James was on the all-freshman team last year. I understand you stunk, but he was still good enough. Brandon Huntley Hatfield was a top 15 recruit in college in high school basketball before he went to Tennessee. Yep. He leaves school early so he could get to Tennessee quicker so he could end up going to the draft. Doesn't pan out because he's playing behind so many older players. Transfers to Louisville. Still talented, not getting anything done. It, it, Kenny Payne, it's nobody else's fault. And you can't just rewrite history and say this is year one because it's not year one. It's year it's, two. It's year two. And guess what? One of the guys that was on your team in year one plays for the North Carolina Tar Heels and he had 15 points and 10 rebounds. And last yeah. year he was, uh, you know, last unplayable. Year he was playing the two. <laughs> right. <laughs> He was playing I, the two for you last year. I just right. don't I don't know how the ACC, I mean, and who knows how much of this is even an ACC problem based on conference realignment and how you know things are going to project into the future. But there is a certain point where you can't have a, you know, arguably top 10 program like Louisville be this bad and pull down your league by so much. I mean, it has to come from the top. Like somebody has to be like Josh Haird is his name, uh, the A.D., uh, you know, at let's what call, point did we start questioning whether or not he's competent enough to to run a place like Louisville? And, I've and, already started. I'm wondering when people are going to come with me. And if I hear one more person talk about this eight million dollar buyout as if they couldn't start a Kickstarter at Louisville and get the eight million dollars or at least get a start to, to to help fund the buyout. I mean, it, it's it's kind of become ridiculous. And I know that they owe money to Chris Mack. And the, that's what everyone's trying to argue why they can't make a move. This is Louisville basketball. And, and not only that, you have a lot of people that would take that job with a lot of intrigue and interest. You know what I mean? So you need to start figuring well, out what the next Chris Mack is. left. The only reason Chris Mack left because he couldn't get out from underneath the sanctions. Right. The punishments and the in the weight. Like now they're finally out from punishment. You basically have a blank, blank slate if you take this Louisville job now because it can't get worse. It can't get if worse. If you're any kind of coach, it can't get worse. A couple it's, names to watch out for there. How happy would you be if Will Wade ends up at Louisville? Oh, my God. Because he's going somewhere. He <laughs> yes. will be somewhere next year. And it's going to be somebody who wants to win. you got to have a little gangster in order to bring Will Wade into the program. Hey, Louisville, that match made in heaven as far as yeah. I'm concerned. That is uh, a bad guy meeting a bad program. And and uh, and they that is a handshake deal that I think everybody could get in on. I mean, I, I will say like that that's a that's a good final thing to kind of end on. Will Wade, uh, in the world of risers and fallers in college basketball, the idea of Will Wade is gaining steam all across the country. You know what I mean? I mean, what happens if UCLA opens up? Like is Will Wade a, a guy that they call and say, "Look, we already have this Compton Magic pipeline, but you know, all we need is someone to manage it and kind of get the right talent and manage the talent that we bring in." That's what Will Wade does. I mean, Will Wade he knows how to scout talent. He knows how to walk in a gym and say, "I want this kid, that kid, and that kid," and I know how to get him here with a strong ass offer. <laughs> I mean, well, let me say this: there, there's no more rules. Yeah, one, right. And they should have been rules to begin with, and that's the only reason he's getting painted in a negative light is because he broke some rules that are no longer in existence. Yeah. So, and, and obviously, you know, I, I'm not going to, so Will was the director of basketball operations at Clemson when I was being recruited in. Shout out to but, Oliver Purnell. Yeah, he's yeah, the, he he's the man at, who created this monster. 
Dude, the best monster, <laughs> the, 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 that entire roster. So Oliver Purnell, Ron Bradley, two of the older gentlemen on that roster. Yeah. After that, Shaka Smart, Mike Morrell, who's at UNC mm-hmm. Asheville. Yeah. W- Will Wade. Okay. The other assistant coach was a guy named Frank Smith, who's the head of the NCAA Infractions Committee right now. <laughs> Handshake deal. So like, 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 that's a staff right there. Well, that is a it's, staff. It's awesome, too, because, like, if you did, like, uh, you know, if you went to the common fan and you're like, who's, like, a good guy in college basketball? Like, a lot of people would be like, oh, yeah, Shaka Smart. Love Shaka Smart. He's, he's the best. And then they'd be like, who's a bad guy in college basketball? They'd be like, Will Wade is a perfect example of a cheater in college basketball. These guys and Will was st- the first started guy- in the same. Will was place. the first guy that Shaka hired at VCU. <laughs> exactly. He's like, I need Will Wade. I need this guy who was supposed to be working for the golf team that somehow ended up uh, on the basketball side of things. So, um, hey, 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 he's a we, great character. We, we got we to gotta give credit where credit due. Will is one of the smartest people I've ever met. Right. One of the smartest people I've ever met. And he doesn't sleep. He is one of these guys, <laughs> like, he is so relentless. Dude, he's got McNeese looking like two seeds sometimes. I mean, he dropped, he dropped the state. I mean, th- this is a program that has pride. I mean, they have Joe Dumars, they have some history and he's like, no, we're just McNeese, you know, like the, the we're going full Memphis here. And, uh, the guy understands branding. He understands college basketball. And like you said, I mean, the rules that were there are no longer rules. It's kind of like Kelvin Sampson. What he was doing is no longer illegal when he was calling these players. Now look at him at Houston. He built a powerhouse. Why can't Will Wade go somewhere where they give him the actual resources to build a powerhouse? Louisville was one of those places that would do that and and be happy about it. I mean, he yeah. they, and that would be scary for John Calipari, by the way. I mean, that that's not what he wants to see. Nobody that, wants oh, to see Will Wade imagine in the back and forth <laughs> between <laughs> Calipari. It's a rivalry again. Yeah, it's oh. great. Hey, and here's and here's the thing too, like he caught a lot of flack. Dude recruits now. Like, even if you mm-hmm. take out all the ancillary accusations, I'm calling them accusations because I'm not full, fully up to date. And I like right. Will, so I'm not sure, like, which way that was going. I was helping uh, coach some summer kit, some some kids over the summer, and he was recruiting a kid. He visited that kid every week, three assistants deep when he was at LSU. Every mm-hmm. week for the entire season. Then... He would fly directly from where that kid was going to prep school to the kid's parents' house. They weren't close. <laughs> and, and, and like, so the dude recruits. He understands how to connect with people. He, he's going to have success somewhere. It's just who's going to bite the bullet and take that bad PR for two weeks. And then he's going to end up, you know, being firmly in this Elite Eight conversation every year. Well, it's kind That's of funny. Gonna happen. Well, it's like now I almost think if he gets hired, people are going to say it's a great hire. Like the college basketball media, for whatever reason, they've done the 180. They did the same thing with Rick Pitino. It went from he's untouchable. You can't hire this guy. Get him away from the kids to like, man, if you're Maryland, you got to call Rick Pitino. If, if you're St. John's, you got to call Rick Pitino. I mean, I think that's where Will Wade is headed, where we're all like, oh, this big job opens. First, first call's got to be Will Wade. You got to call be. Will Wade. You, you got to make him say no. And, who, are the, he, who are the other big names? Crazy. Who, who are the other big names, though? Like Dusty May. Yeah, I think Bob Ritchie the, last year. Furman's not as good this year, but Bob right. Ritchie from maybe, Furman. Maybe DeVries at Drake is one of those guys that yeah, gets called up. Yeah, but I think up. he's more of like a localized kind of guy. Yeah, right. Like but, he, he'll be a Midwestern dude. Um, like, who are the other? Like, the, I would, I would say there's been a lot of turnover last couple of years at some of these major jobs to where like a lot of those young guys aren't there anymore. So you're probably looking at a lot of guys that had success last year as those guys, but well, kind, of, kind of fresh on everybody's mind. And here's the thing. 
those suckers could win a game in the tournament. <laughs> He's got the, the, the talent at McNeese right now in the Southland Conference is hilarious. It's great, and it doesn't make any sense, and that's why, like, you know that if you give him the keys somewhere else, it's going to work. It does feel like Indiana, they have, like, what their next guy is, right? They're, they've already fallen in love with Dusty May and convinced themselves, like, kind of like Brad Stevens all over again, that Dusty May would have interest in the Indiana job. I feel like Kentucky yeah. fans have con convinced themselves that Scott Drew would want their job, you know, post-Calipari. Like, everyone kind of has, like, a, a, a suitor-in-waiting situation. I don't know who Louisville's is. Uh, I thought Mick Cronin, at the start of the year, I'd heard rumblings like Mick Cronin might want to get out of L.A. He doesn't think they have the NIL opportunities, these sort of things. And I thought that was strange. to get out of L.A. Well, now look at it and you're like, this is a disaster. Now he's hurt his own uh, you know, potential to have one of those jobs come calling and say, we need Mick Cronin to set a culture here. But I, I think he would work in somewhere like Louisville as well. So um, I don't know who their, who their suitor is or who they're trying to call, but... Um, Will Wade is 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 a guy to to keep in mind. Um, Terrence, you're the best. Thanks so much for coming to the show. We appreciate you doing this. Where can we find all your work? And uh, what's the next game you're calling? That's uh, that, that's a good question. I have Colorado State at Nevada next week when I'm wow. not doing Hornets stuff. But I, I at Friday Hornets play Wimby. I'll get to see Wimby in person. So I'm excited to see him. He is this so, your first time seeing him in person? Yeah, in person. Yeah, I, I've it's, obviously it's ridiculous. Seen yeah, you've seen all the highlights. You know what's going on. Yeah, and I've watched games. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, his yeah. impact is crazy. Just to see somebody that big move that well. Like, but yeah. So, Hornets, interested to see what they do at the, if they do anything, they decide to do anything with new ownership in place. Do you see the new arena? Do you see this? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like what's happening with the Charlotte Hornets. I also like our three untouchables, LaMelo, Brandon Miller, and Mark Williams. I feel like those are three good untouchables. I love PJ Washington, but I understand. You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be teams that have interest. Maybe they get off Bridges. Maybe they get off uh, Hayward. Feels like Hayward's going to have to be like a buyout type situation. But they're a yeah. fun team. I also uh, Wimby. I I've watched it. I saw him in person out here when he has like a wing, like a Paul George, you know, six eight, six nine guy guarding him. He can't dribble. He can't put the ball on the floor. And I feel like teams are figuring that out. And when he goes back to the, when he has to turn his back, he has a tough time like playing with his back to the basket. So. Uh, that's my scouting report on Wimby so far. So it's interesting to see like who guards him. Like when bigs guard him, it's actually an advantage for him. But when wings mm. or guards are on him, which seems counterintuitive, it feels like that's when he actually struggles. So uh, I'll, I'll be they interested to see what you think They about need a that. couple of other guys. Yeah, like, for it, sure. <laughs> Spurs stink. And, here, <laughs> and like they have missed him on so many easy opportunities just because those guys are just trying their best to get a second contract as opposed to just making the right play. It'd be great if he had like a Chris Paul, you know what I mean? Or just some point guard, like true point guard that could just get him the ball where he needs the ball. But yeah. uh, it almost feels like that now we just have scoring guards and then wings are point guards. And the whole <laughs> the whole thing is a little messed up. But uh, Terrence Oglesby, thanks so much for coming to the show. We appreciate you. We'll have you back. And uh, good luck to our ACC brethren out there. It sounds like we only got five spots. So, uh, you know, they're going to yeah. they're going to be fighting for those five spots for the rest the of battle, the year. Hey, we got a battle for every inch <laughs> these days, which is yeah. nuts to even think about. But hey, man, yeah. thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. All right, man. Appreciate you. This episode is brought to you by Cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com.
This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit JiffyLube.com. There you have it, Terrence Oglesby. Uh, always great to have him on the show. He's the best. And uh, if you're watching the Charlotte Hornets broadcast, uh, shout out to Terrence. He's doing a great job with that. And uh, the Hornets fans, we're doing our best to, to care about the NBA. But my God, it is tough. Tough, tough, tough. But we got some trades ahead. Um, let's do some shout outs. And let's start with Jay Williams, who this guy, he knows how to drum up some headlines. He is a headline hunter himself. Um, Jay Williams during a game. Uh, this was during the Kansas-Oklahoma State game, uh, which is a very strange game for him to be talking about this. But he was asked um, if he was in the transfer portal today, where would he go? And this is uh, this is a harmless hypothetical, Kyle. This should be something easy. And probably there's one answer on the board that if you're a Duke legend, you probably don't say that you would go to in the transfer portal. But uh, Jay Williams <laughs> says North Carolina. Um, and then he doubled down on Twitter. I'm going to read the tweet. Uh, quote, yep, I said it. The question was, if I was at Duke and got forced in the transfer portal, where would I go in today's game? I said UNC. Hate me if you want, but at least keep it 100. If that ever happened, you might as well just call me Petty LaBelle. Crying, laughing emoji. Um, <laughs> incredible stuff from Jay Williams. I, uh, I, It just feels like this is a very harmless hypothetical he has given been given lots of these in his media career, and it's usually a layup, right? It's just like, hey, what school did you want to play for other than Duke? And you could say, man, I wish I had played for Rutgers, or I wish I'd played for Seton Hall, or whatever school comes to mind. But Jay Williams, back in the day, back when he was Jason Williams, he said, I wanted to play at North Carolina, um, and I was a fan of North Carolina. And every Duke fan's like, are you kidding me? That's the one answer that we, we really don't want to hear, even if it's true. <laughs> Like, just don't say it, Jay. Like, please stop with these hypotheticals. And uh, yet again, he falls into the trap that he has created his own trap. Um, and he says it. And it is hilarious. It is a good running bit that he has going. So uh, shout out to Jay Williams for entertaining me for, I mean, this has been going on since 2000, 2001. So about 24 years of my life has been Jay Williams saying that he wanted to play for North Carolina. And uh, I I just know that Duke fans have to hate that. And I don't blame him. I would hate it too. So uh, shout out to Jay Williams. Uh, love to see it. Shout out to the Fab Five, by the way. The Fab Five, they reunited on MLK Day to see Jawan Howard play Ohio State. Um, pour one out for the Ohio State Buckeyes out there. Um, I know they're not happy with how the basketball team is looking after this game because Michigan basketball is back at least for this one day. They got the Fab Five together. They get Jawan Howard a win. And uh, Jalen Rose, who I used to go get coffee back in the day, uh, is living the dream right now. Michigan wins the national championship. He gets the reunion with the Fab Five. His One of his best friends, Jawan Howard, gets a win on that day. Um, so it's all good things. The Lions yeah, take? The Lions. Oh, my God. I was like, there's something else that happened. That's right. The Lions win a freaking playoff game, and they're favored in another playoff game. 
Uh, shout out to BJ Armstrong as well. The Detroit gang, uh, they're filling the roar right now. So um, it, it's 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 all things are pointing up for Michigan. You better, you better keep Eminem wrapped in bubble wrap. You don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> like, oh the, wait God. for the other shoe to drop. Like, what it? What? Yeah, like, yeah. Be, be careful out there, Detroit. Uh, be careful out there, Eminem. But uh, yeah, it's, it's all good stuff. So the Fab Five getting together that was great to see. Um, I've seen a lot of people be like, "What do these guys even do?" Um, well, in case you forgot, they wore black socks. Uh, they wore baggy shorts, even though both those things have been debunked by other teams <laughs> right. who were like, we did that first. Um, they went to back-to-back Final Fours. Um, they went to back-to-back National Championship games. Um, so that's pretty good. And uh, people will want to hate, let them hate. Fab Five back together. We love to see that. Uh, per Kim Palm, and this is also per Second Chance Points, a.k.a. Jim Root. Um, shout out to the three-man weave guys. This is the most efficient college basketball season according to Ken Palm's database through this point in the season. So if you're watching college basketball and you're saying, wow, this is really good basketball, remember we have 28-year-olds playing college basketball. So, uh, you know, it's it's the old guys. The old guys play a better brand of basketball, and Kim Palm is confirming that reality. So my eye test says it, and Kim Palm's numbers say it. So it's an efficient year of college basketball. Speaking of efficiency, the most efficient offensive players per synergy. Right now, number one is Mark Sears at Alabama, a guy who should be in the conversation for player of the year. Give him some credit. Duke Miles at High Point. Want to shout out High Point. Um, they're trying to make their first NCAA tournament. This is a year that they should be able to do it because Duke Miles is great. It's Alan Huss's first year, former Creighton player that is uh, taking over for Tubby Smith. So shout out to High Point. Shout out to Duke Miles. Uh, number three, Zach Eady, National Player of the Year. At least that's what the people are saying at Purdue. Four, Antonio Reeves, Kyle's guy. Um, so we want to see him get some love as well. I feel like no one's talking about Antonio Reeves. We talk about Reed Shepard. We talk about uh, Rob Dillingham, but Antonio Reeves is the best player on Kentucky. So he needs some love. And, uh, Ben Cricky uh, of Iowa is number five there. So uh, shout out to Fran McCaffrey. He he passes Dr. Tom Davis and wins at Iowa. And uh, Iowa still got a great offense. The defense and the guard play is still questionable. Um, seems to be uh, a trend that's happening there. But regardless, shout out to them. Uh, also, shout out to Dan Hurley. It was his birthday a couple days ago. Um, I know that I, I call him a maniac and all types of other things, but um, I do have a lot of respect for Dan Hurley. And right now he's kind of the class of college basketball, number one team in the country, uh, certified maniac. And uh, he loves his fans. You know what I mean? He loves the UConn Husky fans. So you got to respect that. Um, another maniac I love, Wes Miller, TCU Cincinnati. Kyle Mann was locked in on this game. Um, we are winning the war, uh, Kyle. Uh, we, are, we are actually getting Kyle Mann to watch regular season college basketball games instead of regular season NBA games because they just are better. And uh, Cincinnati, if they go uh, into overtime with a top 10 team or a ranked team, they're going to win. Um, that is what history is telling us. And West Miller gets a big win against TCU. So you love to see that. Um, those are all the shout outs I really have right now. Kyle, you have some shout outs. You have some links for us. What's going on in your world? Uh, well, you hit a lot of them with... Um with Terrence, like the the double bird from DJ Horn. Now, DJ Horn, is he, is he a young guy? Is he a freshman or something? I know you, this is in your, like, in the triangle here, so I don't know if you had any more information. I didn't see it. Was it, like, was it really, was it, like, kind of, like, not as pronounced? Was it, like, did he get caught? But was Or was it, like, a straight-up, like, this is, I'm like, pull the ripcord double bird? Uh, Did you see it this? Was a double, it was a double bird. He's a grad student. Uh, he was at Arizona State before Illinois State before that. So he this is a, he's had a, a long rodeo here in college basketball, DJ Horn. But um, the ref turned his back. He gave the double birds. <laughs> um, there was a scuffle that had just happened 
um, you know, that, you know, that there was oh, so no everyone Brooks. was a little hot. OK, everyone's already heated. There's been six technicals in this game, by the way. Jeffrey Anderson, who awesome. is, if, if you know Jeffrey Anderson, he does the high knees. Uh, he's an official that decided in this game that this is going to be about him. He threw Kevin Keats out of this game, Kyle, teed him up and threw him out, ejected <laughs> him. Um, so Kevin Keats, uh, they were a winner without him in the second half. And this was a big win. State needed to win this game for the metrics. Uh, Wake Forest is a tournament team, so it was good for them to get this win. Um, but yeah, the double birds came with the refs back. It got caught on television. And then after the game, he puts out a, a tweet basically saying like, this is not who I am. It was the heat of the moment. Uh, <laughs> Great. My bad. Apologies. And the ACC accepts the apology and doesn't suspend him. I mean, I, I thought that there might be a suspension, maybe a game, maybe a half. Maybe they do the Coach K indefinite suspension, and then it's only one game. But um, the ACC says nay. They say, we don't care. Um, keep giving the double bird, especially when you've been agreed to this level. And uh, Jeffrey Anderson was the big winner in this game. So shout out to DJ Horn okay. and uh, shout out to State. Big win. Good. I'm glad we spent a little more time on that. Uh, okay, how about this one? Um, this actually, I might be on Nate Oates' side here. I don't know if he has a side or if he addressed this, <laughs> but I, I did see the clip. I didn't. I wasn't watching this game, but I saw the clip uh, on Twitter. Um, it says Nate Oates the, the shoved. Aiden Shaw shove. Yeah, this is a, the Shaw shove. Honestly, it wasn't much it. of a shove. I don't think it was. Yeah. I mean, I think as far as shoves go that we've seen, like when coaches stepping over the line, I guess it's like anything you do anything to a player. I guess it's it's over the line, but I don't know. It looked like he was just like kind of shepherding him away because the guy was, you know, I think he just he wanted to be mo mostly to stop and not he wasn't like trying to start some shit. He was mostly trying to stop some shit. But I watched it. I, I don't see much of anything, but I guess technically you could say there was contact. Technically, it should have been a technical foul. I mean, yeah, if he puts yeah. his hands on another player, the ref who is literally right there in the huddle also trying to break up the little kerfuffle or whatever you want to call it, he's right there. As soon as Nate Oates puts his hand on another player, it should be a technical foul. And I, I, I agree with Dennis Gates after the game who's like, I'm pretty sure there was two refs standing right there <laughs> and they watched him push my player and they both said, uh, you know, all's fair here. So I, I understand why they'd be frustrated if I'm a Mizzou fan and their coach touched me. But like you said, it was as far as pushing and, uh, you know, hitting people as we've seen in college basketball in the past, this is a pretty low level play, but you know, rule number one, you can't touch another player. So Nate Oates. Uh, but they kind of you know, brought the scuffle that. to in where he was standing, right? It was supposed they to be like a bench clearing thing. That, that, they that's did. What, he, he, he could, if we were in Florida, he could do stand your ground. <laughs> He's like, I was standing my ground and he crossed into my personal space. So therefore I had to, I was in, a de this was in defense, self-defense. So um, I feel like All there right. could be an argument made, but we were not in Florida. So I, I'm going right. to say uh, Nate Oates, you're wrong. Okay, great. Uh, here's one. John Calipari got his 400th win the other night versus uh, at Kentucky um, over Mississippi State. He didn't even know until after the game. So that's the guy's locked in. Do we believe that? That's that's the question. It's like, do we believe that Calipari had no idea? Um, I think there's a chance because like 400 is not 500. 400 is not 100. I feel like at some point you kind of get lost in the sauce there. Um, but I do think he knew. And I think being sheepish and saying that, you know, uh, we want to talk about our defense um, instead of our offense and saying I didn't even know it was, you know, 400 wins and things like that. It's just great showmanship. And um, yeah, I think uh, that's what we want from Calipari. And, uh, you know, he also is trying to fight the the big Z war against the NCAA, a Visage case. You know, he's yeah. trying to get him free. So, um 
He's just trying to be as affable and likable as possible. So the fact that he's not worried about his own uh, accomplishments <laughs> is what he's trying to put out to the world. It's so like shout uh, out to him. it's like Belichick handing the, the division trophy to Kraft, like he's disgusted with it. Like yeah, right, he's like, I, he's like I, don't, I don't give a shit about these <laughs> in yeah. front of everyone at the podium. Right, like, right. right. It's like we know what you're doing, Bill. We like yeah. we like it. We respect it, but we know what you're okay. doing. You know. All right, good. good. I'm glad you called him out on that. Um, and then just uh, LeBron James. Um, <laughs> did you see this interview where he's yeah. like he's giving an interview and he's like, oh, hold on, hold on, pull it. <laughs> he's like, yeah. sorry, you know, I'm just gonna yeah. watch. So, sorry, watch I'm just so locked in. I'm so locked in. <laughs> Damn, make that. <laughs> I, I thought that uh, was great. I I just yeah, talk about showmanship. I mean, this is the greatest showman on earth right now, LeBron James, trying to politic and campaign his son onto the Lakers roster right before our very eyes. Uh, the beat reporters that are covering the Lakers are now having to watch Bronny highlights so they can get familiar with this game. Um, and Bronny played probably the best I've seen him play since the Oregon State game against Arizona. So I do want to give him some credit. I mean, I, you know, he hit a floater to open the game uh, as the crowd was booing him. That was good to see. Um, you know, it was a good, I, I thought it was a good game for Bron, even though they got blown out by Arizona. But uh, LeBron's taking it too far, and I'm worried. <laughs> I'm officially worried he's going to pull Bronny out of USC basketball. Like he's going to be like, you need to sit out and opt out. Yeah, you can't fire yourself. me. We quit. <laughs> yeah, we quit. Yeah, we quit. Um, you wanted to, you wanted to take us out of the starting lineup or not start us, and uh, you know now we're out. So USC has some talent. I like Kobe Johnson. Um, they're just not as good as we hoped they would be. And obviously, Boogie being hurt, Isaiah Collier being hurt. Shout out to I Isaiah Collier, by the way. Got a Powerade ad I saw the other day. So even though he's hurt, you know, he's doing commercials. So that's great. great. Um, yeah, Bro LeBron James, what a, what a moment. What a, what a time. <laughs> that's great. Uh, all right, so that's, that's all I got. I've got some games to watch for the weekend. You can tell me which ones to drop. Um, Give it because to I'm going to try to watch him, even though I'll probably forget what I said. Uh, <laughs> so we've got Baylor, Texas. What do you uh, think? Would you drop that I mean, one? Ba That's ba ba Baylor's fallen out of my favor a little bit, but I do think that because of the Rodney Terry classless situation, this game's at the Moody Center. Right. Um. So there's some drama involved here. So I think watch it. I think watch. Okay. Marquette St. John's. That's a given. We th we're hoping... Uh, we got to have Rick these, back. We yeah, got, we're if, hoping if we Rick, get Rick if back. If Rick's not back, then maybe don't watch. But um, Shaka Smart playing defense while Rick Pitino tries to <laughs> also play defense in reaction to him playing defense is something that you should watch on the sidelines. So that, that'll okay. be a good game. All right, Creighton Seton Hall, that's a yes. That's that's a yes. Alabama, Tennessee. Alabama, Tennessee is a absolutely yes. Mark Sears versus Dalton Connect. I feel like at this point we're in uh we're in a world where like you have to watch Dalton Connect. It's like the love connection. I I have fallen in love with this game. I think he's incredible to watch. I think he's a first round pick. Even Kevin O'Connor, you know, who's not necessarily watching Tennessee games in his free time, texted me and was like, "What are your thoughts on Dalton Connect?" And then nice. I, you know, I give him a little scouting report. Great. Then I then I look at the rigor draft guide in a few months, and I'm like, wait a second, <laughs> did, I, I, did I say this? <laughs> so funny. don't be. I don't want to be beholden to that. But uh, I like Dalton Connect. I'm seeing various headlines of when I'm surfing the interweb, uh, looking for stuff to put on this uh, list. I'm just seeing like here why Alabama could be one of the greatest teams or might have the greatest bench or whatever, and it's not from things like the Alabama Courier or uh, you know like. BamaJammers.net or, you know, something like that. Like, these are from, like, actual places. So there's people out there that are like, you know, you know, 
it's like they just want to have it out there in case maybe they do something in the tournament. But um, I've I've just been seeing a lot of Alabama love too. Well, they're they're fixing the numbers. They're cooking the books. Yes, um, that's right. That, okay. that's, so that's, that's why, why, why they're saying it, right? Because all <laughs> they're doing, they're looking at the net. They're looking at Kim Palm. They're looking at Torvik. They're looking at all these, uh, you know, places, all these formulas, all these mathematicians, and they're saying. The mathematicians say Alabama is going to be a tough out in the tournament. And I'm not saying they're not going to be because Mark Sears, as I said, most efficient player in the country. Look at the numbers. Guy's incredible. Uh, we watched him do it against Purdue. So I, Alabama is talented, but I'm watching that game for Dalton Connect uh, more so okay. than Alabama. So it's sort of like a movie that only critics have seen. And everyone's like, yeah, the reviews are awesome, but nobody's right. actually seen it. <laughs> okay. And it's like going into it. Everyone's like, I got to go see Emma Stone's performance. And I'm like, I got to go see Sam Rockwell's performance. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, I want to see Sam Rockwell, uh, even though the movie is about Emma Stone. We've got a Killers of the Flower Moon situation here. Okay. Yeah. Um, Iowa State TCU. Both ranked t- towards the bottom of the top 25. I, li- I like both teams. So, yes, yes. I'm I'm giving TCU, thumbs up. Couple Chuck wins, Norris right? Up. Couple big wins in the last couple last week or so. So, yeah, but then Cincinnati beat him in overtime, and uh, that's why we got Cincinnati, Oklahoma. Next, what do you think about that? Uh, Oklahoma, I think they're on the frauds list. I, I'm not right. a frauds guy. I don't do frauds. I'm taking them but, off my uh, list, but I, I think that uh, they're on my frauds list, and and they can prove themselves to be worthy. I mean, BYU, Texas Tech, uh, I maybe slot them in instead of that one. Old Miss, that's, Auburn. Okay. Ole yeah, Miss, Auburn both is another good one. Uh, yeah, Auburn is the best team in the SEC potentially. I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated by Auburn, and you know Bruce Pearl is like the sun uh, when it comes to bad guys. Like you know, you don't <laughs> want to look directly into the into the eyes because it'll burn you. But uh, he's got a lot of talent, and Aiden Holloway is really good, and so. he's got Twitter thoughts about the presidential election. Boy, so. <laughs> boy, does he have some thoughts on Vivek and Trump? I'm sure. Like I went today, I was just to look like when I when I don't see much. I've been getting a lot of my stuff from Om Three. By the way, you guys are doing a great job. Shout out yeah. to Tipton, uh, Tipton Edits out there. Tipton, Jamie Shaw, a bunch yeah. of good people work over there. Uh, yeah. But they've they've got a good collection of news. But every once in a while, I'll be like, all right, let's check out what did Cal say anything? Did Patino say anything? <laughs> Bruce Pearl, and it's like, whoa, Bruce Pearl. It's like not the kind of news I was looking for, but thanks yeah. for keeping me updated. <laughs> Bruce Pearl has like thoughts on like Gaza, you know? Yeah, I know. And, we're, and we're just like, can you give us thoughts on Alabama? You know, <laughs> it could be so much simpler. <laughs> okay. Uh, I have Villanova UConn. Villanova UConn. Yes. Yes. I, Hey, tell me if you, if you were not watching these, because no, I want to drop yeah, them. These yes are all on Saturday. It's, it's yes, because Villanova is, I mean, the Villanova people in my life, are just asking lots of questions about what, where are we actually? You know what I mean? Like, there's been some optimism. They have some good wins. The Carolina win looks better by the day. Um, but people are waiting also, for UConn losses all the time, right? Every people game, are, it's like, people is this are praying be on the downfall of UConn, but I don't, I don't think it's coming. You know what I mean? Like, I really don't. I, and I think if UConn is healthy and clinging is healthy, as I said before, they're the best team in the country. It's the biggest threat I feel like to a repeat in quite some time. Um, because last year Kansas would have been a really big threat, but Bill Self has this heart procedure, doesn't coach in the tournament. You know, so this UConn team, they're scary. Okay, gotta watch and them. Last one I got is UCF Houston. Does that do anything for you? Yeah, because we want to see if UCF's legit. Um, and Houston, they have to survive the dog park. I think every Big 12 game is like a uh, is something that we have to watch for Houston and kind of just see how they match up and if our dog park comps make a lot of sense. Um, we haven't heard much back from them. So it sounds like we've either pissed off people or they agree. We don't know. I feel like if you piss people off, they they let you know. If they agree, they, they're silent. So uh, we'll take your silence as agreement here with our dog park. And uh 
watch Houston. That'll, that'll be all right. A good I got game. nine games to watch all on Saturday, folks. So we'll see if I can actually have anything to say about them on well, Monday. And then Sunday, you wake up Sunday morning, uh, Memphis Tulane. That's a good one. Because is got it a good characters. one? I know we it's I know a, we like it's Memphis. A good one. It's a good one because Tulane just lost to UAB uh, Wednesday night. Um, shout out to my FanDuel picks, by the way, Kyle. Three for four. Oh, I went on Wednesday with my picks. Yeah, FanDuel is happy about that, or maybe they were unhappy because people. I don't know. I don't know how that works. Um, but Memphis Tulane on Sunday, you got Ron Hunter, um, who's a character, and you also got Penny Hardaway, who's top ten in the country. So. Um, I feel like watch that game in Tulane, at Tulane, whatever you want to say. Uh, that'll be a good game. So that's only Sunday they need to worry about. And then uh, and then we'll be back on Monday with Kyle Mann. So uh, you got 10 games to watch officially. Lock it in. Top 10 games of the week. No Andy Katz here. Every time Andy does one of those lists, I just feel bad for him because like people were just ready to chomp at Somebody's the Somebody's mad. Like, yeah, why, you left somebody yeah, out. Like, why don't you care about Ole Miss, you know, or whatever it is. So uh, don't make a graphic at Ringer. Please do not make a graphic. But I like those 10 games. Watch those 10 games. It'll be good. Anything else, Kyle? We good? That's all I got. That's all you got. Uh, Rick Pitino, get healthy soon, please. We need you back on the sidelines for college basketball's sake. We need to see it. And I uh, hope everybody has a great weekend, enjoys the weekend, and we will be back on Monday with a Manic Monday with Kyle Mann. We'll see you then. Thanks again to our friends at FanDuel. Must be 21 or older and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com RG. In Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Vermont, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-88-789-7777 or visit CCP org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.